Hi, I'm Sarah Evans, digital host for the Catalyst program. Join me along with four business experts as we explore the burning questions of today's businesses. Follow along on any social network with hashtag growth matters. I'm here with Mark Madsen, business analytics expert. I am so excited to talk about cloud analytics today because I have learned more than I ever thought I could just from speaking with you leading up to this interview. But for those who are watching who may not be as familiar with the terminology, what does that mean in the business world? So I think there's two words in there that we need mm -hmm. to kind of separate first. Sure. You know, one is the cloud part, which mm -hmm. is just how and where you do things. And then there's the analytics part, which is for me the more interesting part, which is how you understand and analyze what's going on either with your business strategy or your business operations. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at this from a business perspective and you say, so we've got analytics, I'm familiar with the cloud, we're a growing business, why might it be something that I need to look into? Well, if you're a growing business, there are all kinds of things happening that you need to keep track of. Mm -hmm. There are aspects of just measuring the business, so the analytics that are focused on monitoring, understanding, keeping track of both the outcomes that you're getting to where you need to be, but equally important, the tracking along the way to make sure that you're on target so that you have leading indicators rather than lagging indicators. Uh, you know, you don't look back at the year and say, gosh, we should have done better. And what are some of the things that businesses should actually be tracking and tracking with cloud-based analytics? Well, that's where it gets interesting because mm -hmm. on the, the cloud side, you know, some of your systems are internal. You're mm -hmm. just running them in your own data center. And then other systems you're using are in the cloud, and so they're running somewhere else, and you're trying to bring this information together into one place. And it's really hard to do that. Just, just the basic blocking and tackling of getting data together and having a place that makes it easier to facilitate that, you know, that's where we come into possibly hosting it in the cloud and getting a unified picture in one place. And then also when you have a system here and a system there for a particular purpose, being able to just do that where it needs to be done. Is there something you recommend to a business that they need to do a breakdown? What do we keep internal? What do we share with the cloud? Do, do you have any um, good breakdown of what that would look like? Yes, usually most companies' systems today are in-house. Okay. And so really the cloud is a future vision for a lot of a lot of companies because they've invested in data centers and running their own equipment and so one part of this is when you have new systems a lot of marketing systems for example mm -hmm. HR systems they get rolled out now in the cloud via some software as a service or something like that and then you've got data that lives outside and once you accrete enough data outside or very large chunks of data outside it starts to make sense to put things in the cloud. And the real trick is knowing how to balance this and knowing which things to move when because it's a transition strategy. The long term is cloud, but the short term is hybrid. And is that a reason they, someone would bring an expert like you in to say, help us figure this out? We, is that an expertise that someone needs to have in-house or is that something that you would come in and say, here, I will, I'll figure this out for you or help you figure this out? I think it should be an in-house expertise. Oh, it's a basic IT expertise mm -hmm. or basic IT management expertise, mm -hmm. but the reality is that anytime there's something new, then the knowledge is scarce and you have to bring in outsiders to sort of help educate your people. 
And that's, you know, that's the basic deployment and operations side. The analytics side is much more on the business focused angle and that very often you need somebody from the outside to get started mm -hmm. and then you internalize it and then you don't need them anymore. So that's the logistical side of managing analytics. But what can an organization do with these analytics? So you, you figure out where you want to store it, but now you actually have to use this data and help your business. How does that work? Well, it can be anything. It really depends on where you start. Mm -hmm. you know, when I started my career, it was everybody asking for access to information because nobody had any outside the financial system. So all you have is some ledger balances, or we know we did this many orders this mm -hmm. quarter, but you have no idea why, or what was the lift off of a marketing campaign, and how much traffic did that drive to my stores, or how much you know, value did that drive. And then you start to break that down further into you know, my profitability, my margins, and then you begin to get into the operational side of the business, and where am I either gaining or losing, and how do I compare to other people, and you know, where is the cost coming into my products, and then you get into the analytics that becomes more complex, which is not add up some numbers, it's mm -hmm. which of these things is the best thing to do? Should I raise prices to increase margins, or should I lower costs? And they sound simple, but when you start to break the problems down, you get into the guts of your business, mm -hmm. your strategy, the alignment of what you're trying to do to the strategy, and it all starts to tie together, and that's the complexity of doing that kind of work. Being a numbers person, I assume it can be, maybe not for you so much anymore, but it can be easy to get lost in the numbers. There are mm -hmm. so many, you, you can get in you know, data overload. Is there a human element that can sometimes be overlooked? You, you've got the numbers, you've got the analytics telling you what to do, but the, the human element saying, all right, this is telling me this, but I can confirm it because I, I believe in this. Yeah, trust is a big thing. Mm -hmm. Trust is hard because there is the trust of the data that you mm -hmm. have, and a lot of companies have trouble with bad data. Mm -hmm. Then there's the trust in the person who produced those numbers, and that's often overlooked. And I think that's a big part of, of the trust relationship. It's not so much we don't trust our numbers, it's we don't trust the people who produced the numbers. Got it. Um, and the other side of this is something you said that I feel is said a lot, but it's backwards. The data doesn't tell us what to do. We have to look to the information to guide us, and we should know what we want to accomplish first. Because it's the strategy or the tactics or the operations that defines what you should pay attention to. Mm -hmm. But very often, it's we have this information, so that's what we're going to pay attention to, and then you're not really paying attention to the thing you should. So getting at the problem of not trusting the people providing the mm -hmm. data, what should an organization look for in either hiring or working with people that are providing the data? What, how do we eliminate that problem? It's a people problem. I don't think you can okay. ever eliminate it. Okay. I think you look for, for, for analysts, for the people who are doing the work for you. You look for people who are curious and interested and, and can communicate because a big part of where I think the IT departments have failed us, especially with regard to this sort of thing, is their ability to empathize, okay. to have some empathy with the people who, and the jobs they're trying to accomplish. And that's how you communicate and understand what needs to be done. Outside of any internal challenges, there are other challenges that companies face that analytics can help solve. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe not eliminate completely, but uh, alleviate. What are some of those challenges and how can analytics 
help them? I think the thing that everybody's looking at these days is customer information. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it is consumer customer information, working with a brand, or, or you know, business to business sales, it still boils down to people. Mm -hmm. And we have more information than we've ever had before about those people in terms of not just the transactions that they did, but the conversations you've had, the marketing that's been targeted at them, the things that they've come to your website and read a product brochure on, all of those begin to stitch together pictures of, of behavior, of interest that can be tied together. And I think looking through those things, you start to get away from customers as a mass market of consumers to customers as actual people with problems to solve. The customers are one side. What about internally? I assume uh, as a business grows, they might not have the IT staff or support to help meet the needs that they have internally. What are some ways that they can work better with, with analytics or how can analytics solve some problems that those teams might be experiencing? So that's where you get into the problem is that it, it is a, at its root a people and a mm -hmm. thinking job to use this. Whether you're a manager trying to understand your customers or the person trying to do the analysis for you. But removing obstacles, that's where I think we come to some of the cloud discussions. Instead of having to go out and buy hardware and buy software and implement systems, it's so easy to go out and swipe a credit card that goes to your cost center and get something in the cloud that gets you started, that at least begins the journey and removes all of those obstacles so it becomes purely the analyst and you working together to solve the, the problem or understand the thing you're trying to understand. I like that. As uh, not everyone in management fully understands numbers. Everyone's got different gifts and talents uh, and, and purpose within the organization and there might be someone that's working really hard to understand analytics and how it applies to them. What are some ways or pieces of advice you'd offer to a manager who wants to become more familiar and really um, understand and hone the way they work with analytics, what advice would you give them? I think the real thing is to be clear about what it is you want. Mm -hmm. Because what you want should be measurable as a goal. Mm -hmm. And the numbers scare a lot of people off, but really the numbers are just the measurements towards your goal and how you get there. A lot of people don't think about how they get there. They think about the destination, mm -hmm. but the destination always changes in business. And so it's the path to that destination. And a lot of these things have to be told in the form of analogy and, and, and story. Mm -hmm. Because it's very easy to say 27% of our customers don't like us. It's a very different when you can say some aspect of, you know, one in five people dislikes us because of this thing. Yes. And, and begin to explain a little bit more, put a little context around numbers that always seem very dry and boring. So when someone's going to be goal planning and using analytics, what they want could help determine what they're actually going to measure? Yes, I think thinking about measurements before you start mm -hmm. programs is really important. What the best organizations do is when they start a business project, mm -hmm. they think about what are we trying to accomplish? How are we going to get there? what's important to track so that we can course correct if things are going off the rails. I've worked on a lot of marketing programs where you spend millions and millions of dollars on a product launch and you set all of these marketing programs into place and you can see in the information that you've got three weeks into it that it's off target. Okay. And so if you build the tracking for this ahead of time, 
you can begin to course correct rather than let it run its course and look at it after all the money's been spent. And so that's, you know, thinking about about the, the information and how you're going to do what you're going to do as opposed to letting the numbers tell the story after the fact. Using that scenario and looking at cloud-based analytics, it's a new technology. A lot of businesses might say, this is the way it's always been done. I'm afraid mm -hmm. to try something new. When you're launching a big campaign like that, plus using new technology, what are some of the barriers that need to be removed in order for it to be successful? Well, for something like that, the barriers tend to be having all of the information that you need in one context mm -hmm. so that you can look at uh, a, a product launch being a great example. You've got everything from the product packaging, what color should the product packaging be, you know, decisions you've made so far in advance that you can't really change them, to the ad copy, if you're doing radio, if you're doing blow-in inserts, if you're doing social media marketing. Each one of those little things tends to be done by a team in isolation, but a product launch is a whole group of people working in concert. And so there's stepping back from that and looking across all of these pieces so that you can have that picture of the whole context. What do you think in the business world is one of the biggest pitfalls with analytics? Where is, is the business you find that, they, that it becomes either a barrier or a pitfall in the process of defining what it is they want to measure? I think the biggest pitfall is focusing purely on outcomes. Mm -hmm. you know, from a management perspective, you look at things and you say, well, profitability is the thing. And there's, there's a lot of ways to get to profitability. You know, you can sell one thing for a million dollars or you can sell a million things for one dollar and mm -hmm. what kind of your business in will guide those decisions. But then you can get into, well, you know, situation we were in once at a company I worked with, we lowered the costs by finding cheaper suppliers, mm -hmm. which lowered the quality which led to six months down the road, more warranty claims and more product returns, which reduced the profitability by the end of the year. So we looked great for the first six months and terrible by the end of the year. And it, it's thinking more holistically about what you're doing and how all of these bits and pieces interrelate. The other side of that is just making sure ahead of time you collect the data that you need to do the measuring. And finally, I think, you know, the old saw about you can't manage what you can't measure, mm -hmm. and you can't really manage what you can't measure reliably is the other part of that. So having that information and making sure that you can get it consistently. As a, an analytics expert and in the business space, what are two to three of your daily must-have tools or resources that you use? So if someone's coming in and say, you're an expert and I want to learn a little bit from you, or there are there sites that you read daily, if you had to give someone your top two to three tools, what would they be? That's a really good question. I've been doing it for so long, it's almost fallen out of my, my daily routine of monitoring things. I tend to read a lot of um, design literature, mm -hmm. which seems kind of odd, but designers, user experience people, mm -hmm. they tend to have to think about all the different ways that a person comes to a company or a product mm -hmm. or a brand. I read a lot of brand marketing because you look at it and it's very fuzzy and ephemeral, but then when you look at the brands that do things really well, the other side of this is how do they, what do they pay attention to when they talk about these things? And, and that leads into a lot of the business literature and you know, from a more mundane aspect, it is you know, these self-service analysis tools which have opened the door to the market. Mm -hmm. we, we lost the ability over the last 15 years to do what personal computers were supposed to do for us. Mm -hmm. The 90s was all about the promise of information at your fingertips. 
and became the promise of drowning in the information at your fingertips. And the tools got so technical and so difficult that nobody wants to deal with them anymore. And we fall back to Excel and PowerPoint. So what's old is new again? Yeah, what's old is new again. And, and now the self-service tools, so they, they have done for data what things like the Macintosh in the early days did for word processing. And you're now seeing that with data. And there's a renaissance out there where almost anybody can download and go with these things. And it's a nice piece of personal empowerment, but the pendulum always swings from central to distributed and from personal empowerment to, you know, the things for the masses. And, and we're back at the, the realm of personal and empowerment again. And that's the part that really makes me happy about working in this space after a decade in the doldrums. Well, Mark, thank you so much for sharing your expertise, and I can't wait to learn more from you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned along with us. You can find out more at growthmattersnetwork.com.